Well, you have such a beautiful voice. Guilty as charged. Uh-huh. Anyway, I was wondering if you could sing the entire score of the HMS Pinafore. Very well, Bart. I shall send you to heaven before I send you to hell. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. That, of course, was a quote from the episode Cape Fear, the second episode of season five, and one of two episodes we'll be talking about today. And we're back! Thank God. Ah, welcome back, Greg. It's good to be back. Good to be back. We're here in uh, Boathouse Studios talking about some Simpsons. My name's Alan. My name is Greg. I'm sitting on a new couch. Oh, is that new? Yeah, it's brand <laughs> I new. didn't even notice. That's, uh, that's how I mean, observant it's a, I am. It's a futon, so... Oh. Whatever. Sure. But it's a lot com- more comfy than the other one. I can tell you that much. Good. Yeah. So I'm going to have a lot more fun because the old one made my butt hurt. Ah. It made me butt hurt. <laughs> like when recording or just in general? Uh, when recording. Because okay. we would usually just, we would sit down here for like an hour and a half, right? right and it right. would be like, oh, my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so. Great. So uh, we got a new couch. We got, uh, we're back in the studio. We're and here to talk Canada about Day. season five. And it's Canada Day. Happy birthday, Canada. Yeah, you made it, old girl. <laughs> 149 years. Yeah. My goodness. Wow. Yeah. It's older than me. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> Otherwise, you're looking real good. <laughs> well, thank you. For uh, I was just fishing for compliments. Um, so, Yeah. Uh, shall we do, uh, shall we do a little, uh, how you been? Sure. How have you been, Greg? Uh, great. Hey, so, uh, last night <laughs> I went to a, uh, I went to a cafe with a couple of members of the cast from Hamlet. Sure. Um, and they were doing an open mic, right? The, um, the cast members were like, hey, we're gonna go check out this open mic. And then we, we went and naturally I can't really resist. <laughs> so I signed up. Of course. To do it. Uh, and it was really, really fun. Great. Yeah. I played a song that I'd never played before. What song? Uh, it's called Address Book. I wrote it like, oh, okay. like a week ago. You wouldn't like, know it. Yeah. Um, and I played another song that I barely ever played before. And then I played another song off of my album, which you can get on iTunes. It's called Hardly Holiday. Uh, <laughs> plug, 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 plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think more people listen to this podcast than listen to my band, so... There you go. Yeah. N- not for long. Yeah. yeah. If I keep <laughs> on plugging it like That's that. That's right. Nobody will listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, sorry. So, Harley Holiday, that's the new Left Behinds album? Yeah, that's okay. Left Behinds. Yeah. Just to clarify, because it ma- made it sound like it was maybe a solo album. Definitely maybe. not. Definitely okay. not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... No. I sing, like, three songs on it. Catherine sings Cath- the rest. Catherine, I'm, however, has an EP coming out. She does. She does. So, look out for that also. If yeah. you're a fan of the Left Behinds... One of the three members, Catherine Smith, uh, KP Smith will be her, uh, that's her official moniker. Right? Yeah, and the name of solo. the uh, EP is She Reads Maps. There you go. Check and that out. She's a, she's a recent winner of the songwriting competition at the Ship and Anchor. Pub. And I play banjo on the song that she won for. It always has to be about you. It does. Doesn't it? It's my podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Trying to do something nice for a friend, and you have to turn it around. Yeah. All right. How about you, ma'am? Oh, I've been good. Just, uh, you know, working and... Going to trivias and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. How did that work out? It's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, like, 
the um, how how do we do? Oh, like the recent one. Yeah, the one that oh. I came to. And oh, then, that one. The, immediately, not left. the Simpsons one. No. Uh, so that one we ended up getting second place. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! We balls. came from behind, and I think the picture round really uh, solidified our our There's second a picture place. round. <laughs> yeah, you missed it because you were you weren't there f- when we did it all. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, uh, our uh, our friend from uh, Simpsons uh, trivia, Adam, who has also been a guest on the show. Was uh, on the team, and a bunch of his friends who I didn't know. So, <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I understand why when you texted me, it was like, "Can you come to trivia with <laughs> with me?" Yeah. You said not with us, with me. Yeah, because so I didn't you... know anyone else who wanted to come. Usually, Ife and Janella want to come. Sometimes Robin, sometimes Emma. Usually James. They all had other better things to do, and I was like, "Well, I want to go to trivia." I honestly still. didn't. Yeah. So. I was glad so. you came, so it wasn't just me and Adam's weird friends. <laughs> <laughs> All very nice, but just, you know, different people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was your team name this hey, week? Hey, Ezra's here. Hey, oh, we got a guest. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Seeing how long he could resist <laughs> <laughs> jumping in. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just very curious, because usually for Quiz Shoe, the, the trivia night, you have very creative uh, team names. Yeah, so this time was actually one of my favorites, and it kind of bothered me because... Uh, the hosts were uh, PJ and Sarah, I want to say. I can't remember the girl's name. It doesn't matter. Unforgettable. I mean, forgettable. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, John wasn't there, who usually loves our our team names, which is why I was kind of bummed that I thought of this one for this, this time around, because PJ didn't even read it right. But uh, the uh, team name was Triv Me All Your Lovin', All Your Hugs and Quizzes Too. And he read it as All Your Hugs and Kisses Too. And every time I was like, No! No, read it right. <laughs> so I'd like underline it on the page. <laughs> it was and very that sad. would be about the time where I would intentionally read it wrong. You're a, yeah, but you're a jerk. So maybe PJ's a jerk. No, he's pretty nice, just like me. Unless we argue about Simpsons trivia with him, then he's right. Like, right. <laughs> oh, it was the same guy. <laughs> oh yeah, oh. same guy. Uh, if you have a table for me to flip, uh, that would be much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we dis- uh, I discussed this with Greg on our uh, season four wrap up. I don't know if you listened to that. I, li- I have listened to every episode. Okay. <laughs> You're the only one. All right, come. All right, sit down. Uh, <laughs> You're the only one. I haven't listened to every episode. Have you at least been present for all of them? Debatable. Yeah, I don't know. I, present <laughs> is kind of a. I don't know if it's the right term for present some of the, some like, of the times. Like, like he's those, physically here. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, mentally not present. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the last exit to Springfield episode. Yep. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, feels good. Terrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, you didn't know, huh? You didn't know until I told you. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. So, but there. It's fine. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe I am now. I don't care. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, you're eating a nectarine. It's delicious. People are going to love listening to that, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> sound like you're really casual, you know? Yeah. Seinfeld reference. All right. I'm so Jeff. You're not. <laughs> God damn it. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> anyway, so we, have we do setup. have a guest, a as yeah. you already know. Uh, Ezra Wasser is back. Uh, first time back since, uh, was it season three? The last time you guested? We did a flashback. So we did I Married Marge and Radio Bart. So yeah, season yeah, three. Yeah, season three. Yeah, so... So, uh, yeah, uh, he's back after a long hiatus. Uh, the fans demanded it, 
And oh, uh, that's why you didn't know how to get into my house. Because you'd never been here before. Yeah, we weren't That's in Boat correct. House Studios we were, at the time. We were in the fr- Fortress of Friendship. That's right. Okay. And we were sitting around a phone instead of That's talking right. into actual microphones. Yeah. With... How do you like yeah, the isn't setup? It, isn't this yeah. great? We're actually like moving up in the world and being better. What by, do you think? By season five, this is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally nailed it. I, I'm expecting an office dedicated to podcasting next time <laughs> I come. Um, you, if you turn around, there's a room right over there um, next to that room that you can see. Uh, and next to that room, we're we're hoping to turn that into a um, in, into like a guest room slash recording space because we use we record more often than we have guests. It's true, you know. So that might actually come to fruition because we've already soundproofed part of it. So. And maybe Greg won't have a sock on his microphone. Next yeah, time. maybe I'll get an actual windscreen <laughs> instead of a sp- athletic sock. <laughs> the question that, is that I just I- used. <laughs> That's what I was, I was just running in. Was that the question? Yeah. If I just used it? <laughs> I'll, no, I'll this s- is fresh out of the laundry. I okay. only use fresh ones. They get better sound that way. Mm, it's true. He's right, you know. So the wind doesn't have an impact? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What? <laughs> what? Okay, what great, episode great are we bit. talking about first? Uh, well, we're talking about the episode Homer's Barbershop Quartet. That is correct. And... Uh, <laughs> Season 5, episode 1. I love this episode. Uh, According to the Simpsons archive, we flash back to 1985. Wait, hold on. Not TV Guide? No, not TV Guide. What happened? Simpsons archive doesn't have the TV Guide synopsis of it. Oh. Yeah. But it's uh, it's pretty close. All right. Yeah. Sorry. We flash back to 1985, where Homer, Apu, Principal Skinner, and Chief Wiggum, replaced shortly thereafter with Barney... (laughs) were the hit barbershop quartet known as the B-Sharps, George Harrison guest stars. And David Crosby. And David Crosby. And the Dapper Downs. That's right. As the singing voices of the B-Sharps. Yeah, we'll get there. So. I think we were just there. Shut up. So. (laughs) So this episode is a holdover episode from season four. Yeah. One of the last two to be produced by Al Jean and Mike Reese. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Algene would come back and ruin everything. <laughs> Take that, Algene. <laughs> so okay, I'll scratch that off my bingo card then. <laughs> there you go. You still haven't made those bingo cards. Uh, I don't know. It's not us who are going to make them. That's, I, mean, I think that's kind of conceited. Yeah. James said he was going to make them. Yeah. Yeah. But we also yeah. haven't invited him back in a long time. So. Well, he's on our other podcast. Yeah, that's right. What went wrong? Check it out on iTunes. There's only three episodes, so it's <laughs> super easy to him. catch up to. <laughs> We're working on a fourth. Yeah. I promise. It's, it's coming. Yeah. It's We've just been busy, all right? Yeah. Get off my back. <laughs> so, Sorry to lash out like that. I don't think anybody was attacking you or anything like that. Um, what do we think of this episode? <laughs> Great up. So good. Yeah. I agree. Great. Moving on. This, this is the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was one of my favorite episodes growing up. Like, just, just, just seeing it, I found it, I found it uh, instantly... Rewatchable. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah. How familiar were you with the Beatles at that time? Not. Not very familiar. I didn't like when, obviously, when I first saw this episode, I didn't even know who George Harrison was. Yep. Same here. Because um, I was, well, I was like 10 and I didn't really even start, I didn't really know the Beatles until I was like 13 mm-hmm. or something like that. Sounds about um, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because my, like, the, the music that I listened to when I was 10 was just like my dad's music, right? So it was Eagles. Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles. Pretty much. 
which I have no regrets about. <laughs> um, I hate the fucking Eagles. <laughs> um, so when we when we were like getting into the Beatles, it was like, oh, this is a great band. But then you can go back and watch episodes of The Simpsons, particularly this one, and be like, holy shit. It works on a whole new level. And uh, this is one of those episodes that is just, it's so dense. There's so much going on in every phrase. Shut up, Rick Berman. <laughs> even like, though this is a short episode. Even though, yeah. But they they pack so much into every single joke, into every single reference. It's kind of shocking how much is actually going on in this episode. How many cultural references there are without compromising the story. 100%. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The reference desk is a little overloaded this week. A little so bit, yeah. Keep that for in mind. both of these episodes. Yeah. Holy crap! And both of these episodes are short. Yeah. But they're huge at the same time. They're just they're just so packed with everything. And I'm I know it's a like it's a it's a weird thing to say, but every single frame is really really dense with <laughs> with jokes, and it's well, it does nice it does make see. like it seems like the episodes. Uh, are bigger than they are, if that makes sense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, with kind of the grandeur of some of the set pieces and the ideas behind them. Um, like, we'll talk about Cape Fear when we get to it, but the idea of the Simpsons having to go in the witness relocation program, uh, the whole thing with HMS Pinafore, uh, all that stuff. Like, it's their, it's one of the first times they've, like, had a whole episode outside of Springfield, more or less. What What you're saying here is essentially it's like a TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. Was that what he was saying? What's a, what's a TARDIS? It's what Doctor Who travels around in. Who? Exactly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that feels like a piece of script that was actually lifted from like season seven of New Who. But that's besides <laughs> the point. New Who? New Who. New Who. Yes. That's the 2005 plus oh, uh, episode. Is that what people call it? Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's been running for 50 years and there was this really long break in the 90s, specifically in early 2000s. And then it got resurrected with... Uh, Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston. Yes, I actually have seen that that season and only that season. Probably because it's not very good and didn't make you, made you not want to really... It made me excited for more. Yeah. But I've heard David Tennant's great, so maybe I'll watch it one day. Are you telling me that Simon Pegg was not an excellent villain? Who was he? <laughs> he? He was like this frozen director of this space station that was also a uh, just television studio that actually comes hmm. back a bit later. It's been a while since I've watched that, so I don't really We'll talk about that. the Jaggerfist later <laughs> okay, on the good. next pod- podcast number five. A podcast, Who Are You, is what it'll be called. Gross. All right. <laughs> so. I refuse to do that, even though I've seen every single episode of New Who. I don't like it, but I watch it. Because I think the performances are really, really good. So we were talking about The Simpsons? Yes, we were. were we? And we were talking about The Beatles and your yes, experience. Yes, we were. Alan, yeah. what was your experience with the Beatles? Like, sorry, I'm taking over as host here. <laughs> no, it's good. You actually wrote notes this time, so that's that's nice. I actually had a computer this time yeah. and a phone that had a working battery. Bam. So everyone's moving up in the world Yeah, when you think about it. I didn't know who the Beatles were, aside from just knowing they existed. Um, and I feel like the only time in this episode they reference the Beatles is when they say, did you screw up like the Beatles and say, are you bigger than Jesus? Directly. Correct me if I'm wrong. Directly reference. Right, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually say their name. Yeah. So for me as a, as a kid, that, I, that was a time when I was just like, oh, that's something the Beatles did. Said they were bigger than Jesus. And that was the, I wasn't like, oh, this is all a big thing to the Beatles. I thought that was just one little joke about yeah. the Beatles. 
um, because I didn't know them that well. I knew they existed, and I knew they were musicians, <laughs> and they made songs. And uh, they made songs, made songs, had albums, played instruments. Yep, sang with their voices. All very accurate. Yeah, and uh, so this episode was just like, oh, this is really weird, but funny. So I'm cool with it. But funny, but funny. Shut up. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. There's a <laughs> there's a line in Hamlet that says uh, that where the king says when he gets stabbed, "Oh, yet defend me, friends. I am but hurt." And <laughs> it's at the very end, and I'm just like, <laughs> "But hurt." <laughs> Every time I hear the word "but," I giggle like a schoolgirl. And the king is it's a also of, a titmouse. <laughs> and the king says it, so it's like. It's so hilarious. Because it's, like, it's a king. Because the king is like butthurt. Authority. Like, <laughs> taking down authority. Yeah. Would Polonius find that funny? You're Polonius, right? I'm already dead by that point. Okay. So, so yes. So, so yes, from I above. Do. Also, yeah. spoiler alerts. <laughs> yeah, spoilers for Hamlet. Spoilers for Hamlet. 400-year-old play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's definitely honor the spoilers. Spoilers for Hamlet. Everyone dies except Horatio. All right. That is true. Moving on. <laughs> so, so what about you, Beatles? Uh, so up until very recently, um, I was aware of the Beatles. I, I mean, I, I knew their songs uh, throughout. Okay, sorry. Greg is just moving to, I guess, throw away his nectarine pit? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm not sure if people caught That's, that on yes. my... It's been confirmed. He said yes. So, good. Cl- this is Clovity in- Podcast. Close the investigation. <laughs> we could probably do a serial type thing for this. Anyhow... <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was very familiar with their song. Sorry, that's my serial. Thanks, Nick Thorburn. (laughs) Or we could do the Jonah Radio thing where he just starts doing a whole serial, like, overdub. Anyway, uh, let's see how many podcasts I can reference today. focus up, people. Come on, focus up. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. You're not the host of me. (laughs) Quiet, Nectarine boy. Sorry, my, my, my fingers were all juicy. Gross. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um, it wasn't until a bit earlier this year when Spotify put all of the Beatles catalog uh, oh, online yeah, that, was a big get. that I decided to take a week to listen to every single Beatles album in a row, pretty much without listening to anything else. Hmm. Uh, they're not all great. They're not all great, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, they are very, very good. Uh, and I did listen to uh, Abbey Road before Let It Be, just hmm. to clarify that. I know that there's t- some dispute about which one should go first. How dare you? Yeah. Also, I didn't listen to one because why bother listening to the singles? The, the I singles, already yeah. listened to the singles beforehand. I needed exactly. to experience it as albums. And so, like, I don't know, Magical Mystery Tour and uh, Sgt. Pepper's just, you know, were a whole new experience that way. Also listen to the entire soundtrack of the HMS Pinafore. <laughs> it's good. Oh, it is very good. Yeah. Um, I really like the overture. We'll this... uh, we'll we'll get into that because I have a lot to say about the HMS Pinafore. Oh yeah. How uh, many hours do we have for this? Can we do a part two? <laughs> we we have we have like forty five minutes. Is how long we have. We might need to do a part two because I have to go golfing. Um, sure you do. Yeah. It's Canada Day, man. Shut up. I have things to do. I have to work. Oh, really? Yeah. What it's a bummer. Nobody's booking into. I'm like, why are we open today? Um, no one wants to play a lot. I have to work as well. But you're So, acting. how yes, does the episode start? Which one? What are we talking about? We are talking That's about me. Bar- 
Oh, yeah, the swap meet. Eekbin Ein Springfield swap meet patron. Yes. <laughs> Which is a reference to Kennedy. Eekbin Ein To German. To the language German. Right. <laughs> and the city Berlin. Um, JFK, the person, is referenced here. JFK, the airport, is referenced in the next episode. Moving on. That's right. It's in this episode, too. Is it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I've... <laughs> Yes, this, this is a act, long episode. A different act of the You episode. are fallible. Um. Evidently. <laughs> oh, hey, that reminds me. I have a correction. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, the, uh, we talked about the crippled Irishman. Uh-huh. It's not in Last Exit Springfield. No, it's not. Springfield. It's in Springfield with a dollar sign. right. All right. That's a little... little uh, Lightning round of corrections. Yeah. Also, a question mark of omission. Do we remember to talk about, and I know this is from se- <laughs> season three, but did we talk about Homer's proposal to Marge? Just did we? Question. I don't know if we did. Why? With the onion ring yeah. and, and him in the backseat trying to find well, the note. Will you marry me? I don't, I don't know. Why would we talk about that? <laughs> because that was in I Married Marge, and uh-huh. I don't know if we talked about it, and it's a pivotal moment in flashback episodes. Speaking of flashback <laughs> episodes... Well, we talked about it now. Sure did. That it happened. happened. Yeah. Uh, so, we're at the swap meet. People are looking around. Bart uh, and Lisa stumble upon the old B-Sharps record. Yeah. Uh, meet the B-Sharps. Meet the B-Sharps. Uh, in our first a reference to... Meet the Beatles. Meet the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to be uh, constantly at the reference desk, I think, this episode. Yeah, pretty much. We're that's, camped out there. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good place to be. But, uh, yeah, so they, they're like, oh, I didn't know you were in a barbershop quartet, Dad. And he's Go like, figure. I can't believe you don't remember. It's only eight years ago. And Bart says, thanks to TV, I don't remember what happened eight minutes ago. Everybody and they all laughed, laughed and laughed. And then he says, no, it's a serious problem. And they laugh some more. And then he laughs, and he forgets what they're laughing about. And they say, what are we laughing about? Who cares? So it's really sad. It is, yeah. <laughs> Bart has brain damage, you guys. Yeah. Mostly Or from... like early onset Alzheimer's. <laughs> That's terrifying. I know. He's only 10. He was uh, also dumb enough to eat the funny foam that came out <laughs> of Apuna Hospital Fetalons, <laughs> like <laughs> container head. Uh, uh, he won a Darwin Award that way. <laughs> I like how they, um, like the they constantly reference their own merchandising because whenever you see over merchandised crap, they're usually making fun of themselves in the early nineties, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because the Simpsons put their names on a lot of shoddy products. Everything like Butterfinger. Hmm. Butterfinger's delicious. What do you have in your mouth now? Why are you constantly <laughs> eating? This is a sepical. What um, the hell is that? It's a it's an extra strength strength lozenge. Ugh. Because I have um I have a bad throat right now, and I really need to not have that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it all happened during that magical summer of 1985. A maturing Joe Piscopo left Saturday Night Live to conquer Hollywood. <laughs> So is, this, is this only the second Joe Piscopo reference? This is the second, and I think that there may be a third, but I don't know. Because I thought we've already talked about him twice in mm-hmm. our rewatch. We have. we have. So this is the third Joe Piscopo flashback reference, then. I think it is, honestly. Because I think it's like I think he, the first time they mentioned him is when like he first 
like gets on to Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the second time is when he's like continuing to make America laugh or yeah, something. Yeah, taught us how to laugh. Taught us how to laugh. Yeah, and then this is when he leaves Saturday Night Live. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason I know who that guy is is because of The Simpsons. Oh yeah, they artificially lengthened his <laughs> career re- relevance by these <laughs> flashback episodes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so basically, uh, for some reason in this world, <laughs> Barbershop was the next hit. Something uh, needed to Between fill the Rock void. and Roll and Achy Breaky Heart. I love how they always do this to Homer. <laughs> he is so unaware of what's important, right? <laughs> and they even say it, like he even says it um, something new, something exciting. Something mid nineteen eighties, Consarnet, which is the least new, the least exciting period of time in the worst decade period ever. I don't know if it was the worst. I think the nineties were way worse. I the disagree. Nineties, they were the nineties in general were terrible. Wait, are we talking about the eighteen or nineteen? Nineteen. Okay, 90s. yeah. The real 90s. No one knows about the yeah, 1890s. Yeah, 1890s were... They, they, were, war? An, they were an era of prosperity. No, that was like 30 <laughs> years earlier. Oh, okay. The 1990s were an era of prosperity. They were an era of naivete. They were an era of pretty great movies. And... Did oh, 1890s. God damn it. <laughs> the movies in the 90s were... Okay. There's some great ones in there. But there's a lot of shit also. Yeah, but this was also like a really great time. It's pre-9-11. I think it was like right? the time where like... This is the, all good. The auteurs, if you're talking about movies, the auteurs started to make a mark, but they hadn't got their groove yet. I think the 2000s is when they really like... Like the, the decade of the 2000, 2010 is when they really like solidified. Yeah, that's like with whole, Ember's new groove. That's right, yes. That, that's a whole other conversation that we could Agreed, have. Agreed, but the music of the 90s is shit. Oh. Disagree. Okay. Well. Oh yeah, we, I completely Biscuit, disagree. How horn? Lincoln Park. Those, those, were, all Smash Smash Mouth. Mouth. those were all two thousands. Those were all two thousands. Smash Mouth is great. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm gonna have to agree with you. All Star is one of the few songs that I know off by heart. Yeah, and might as well be walking on the sun. Does, wait, that doesn't uh, make it I, good. I great song. Know. That doesn't make it good just because you memorized. It's subjective, man. <laughs> You're right. I know for all every, the lyrics to that song. For, it is for, a great song. For everything it, that you come up with that's bad about the 90s, I can come up with something that's good. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Good, good music in the 90s, but aside I, from Nirvana. Well, okay, there's Nirvana right there. I, I just told there's, you, aside from Nirvana. There's Pearl Jam. <laughs> there's Green Day. There's Blink-182. You're just focusing on the west coast of the United States here. I can move further. You could. But we. how much time do you have at this point? I have like forty-five minutes. This yeah. is important shit. This episode is about music. No, okay, yeah, are no. you? This is this is good. I you're like earning this. us the explicit rating right here. This what? Is, <laughs> oh yeah, we always have explicit rating. Yeah, this is very. This is Unfiltered. actually really good. I'm glad we're talking about this. Because um, the whole idea of making barbershop some sort of thing that is more than it ever was or will be is a stroke of comedic genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they. You, you, you well, they basically the... they took they took a, a genre of music that 
has never been popular yeah. to the degree of like you know pretty much any other genre, mm-hmm. and given it a time period when for some reason it was so five it's like weeks five and a half weeks in 1985. Yeah, so it's Amazing. like it's the idea that you know like in the 90s, for example, like grunge was a big thing, right? Yeah, like it's it's using that kind of like idea of like there's every so often there's just a a, a pocket of music that's suddenly super popular. New metal became popular in the 90s. Again, this is my arguing for why the 90s suck. Uh, but <laughs> is, is and then like, po- like bubblegum pop is yes. like the current thing now. Limp Bizkit is new metal. Bubblegum pop? Bubblegum pop is like the thing, like Carly Rae Jepsen, Taylor Swift. Katy Perry. Katy Perry. That, that's kind of the bubblegum pop. The I say that those are a lot of offshoots, but bubblegum pop I usually associate with the 1960s and the Phil Spector sound. So Phil Spector, he did the recording for the uh, Get Back and Let It Be sessions, correct? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Phil and who? Stradahuvius? Stradahuvius. Do, do you want to talk about the swap meet? A bit sure. More? Okay. Well, there's just so many references. Let's just go over them real quick. Um, so I we, love Lucy Clams. So we just, yeah, the clams painted like Lucille Ball. Um, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> Um, he finds the Declaration of Independence. He finds the Stradivarius. Stradivarius. Inverted the, Jenny. Yeah. Uh, stamps. Uh, action Comics number one. Yep. Superman. And that's the list. And that's what he finds. He they all and Bart and uh, Milhouse and Nelson find uh, biblical trading cards. <laughs> so good. A Methuselah jo- rookie a Methuselah card. Methuselah Joseph rookie of card. Ar- Arimathea? Arimathea. Arimathea with twenty six conversions in forty six AD. And uh, the Methuselah rookie card, I think, is actually really funny to me now because after watching the movie Noah, mm. it's just... Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins, and he's like 9,000 years old or something. <laughs> and it's like, wow, people believe this? Hilarious. Um, <laughs> All right. So uh, we also see a brief uh, image of Marge's uh, shop, as it were, stand. No one uh, bought us. In, in, She's got in, the bald Adonis. Yeah. Yep. She's got Ringo's painting. Yeah. Did that have a name? Did that, was that ever given a name? or uh, was it just? I don't remember. I don't think it was like officially given a name in the episode. She, she also has a painting of Monty Burns with a dog and also the sailboat painting that's behind the couch. It's on their couch, yeah. Yeah. She was going to sell it's, the it's, sailboat? It's, yeah. Although we no actually see it. it on the boat in Cape Beer behind the couch there. She took it with them. Yeah. Of course. Among other things. Yeah. <laughs> she painted that, right? It's never stated. We can like maybe assume it. I feel like she did. Because she's selling it. She didn't try and sell the Monty Burns uh, nude one? It's in a museum. It belongs she didn't have a different... in a museum. I thought maybe she had another copy. It's a painting. You can take copies. Jesus Christ. It's a forgeries are all right. right. All right. <laughs> There's an original Malibu Stacy, and also we see that uh, Skinner was prisoner 24601. Back oh, in what a clever reference that they make like 17 times. <laughs> How many prisoner 24601s can there be? Yeah. At least two. Uh, Sideshow Bob and Skinner. Yep. And Jean Valjean. Yep. So. And Melvin and the Squirrels. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's the Melvin and the Squirrels. Right, Saroni. Melvin. Classic. God, I hate that. And Raphael, aka Wise Guy, is uh, is there? I like when he pops up. Anyway, uh, nice. <laughs> so there's well a barbershop quartet. I hear, and they play in the cavern in the most cavern reference to the Cavern Club. Yeah, uh, Beatles. Yeah. So when they when they start, I, I I really like when they start to like start singing. You're they're singing in the in the average places that you would expect a barbershop to sing, like their dive bar where they're the only customers. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and then at a senior's home, 
Yeah. That makes sense. And then it even makes sense that they would be singing at a prison mm-hmm. because it's Chief Wiggum. Yep. And then they're back at the dive bar. And there's so many people there, and it starts to explode. There's like twenty five ish. Well, that's the thing. That's compared ex- to before, that's though, a, yeah. comparatively, that's huge. Yeah. Right. Um, so they're starting to fill Moe's, and this is actually really, really cool. You get to very slowly see the, not slowly, but they do it in a very logical way, where you get to see the progression of their popularity, right? And you get to see the progression of their fortune and fame, such as it is, even how fleeting it is. Like uh, Homer has enough money to buy his dad a new a brand new car, which is really, really neat. Give him a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the keys. <laughs> so here's a question for you guys. Yeah. Who are the B sharps in relation to the Beatles? I. e. who's Paul? Who's Ringo? Etc. Oh, it says it here. No. Uh, well, who's using fu- your own brain, goddammit. Oh, well, Skinner's well, the funny one. Yeah. So that would be uh, George Ringo isn't Ringo the funny oh one? Ringo maybe. or like viewed as the funny one? Somebody Google that. Um, <laughs> not me. Homer's Paul. Uh huh. Homer's Paul because he writes all their songs. Yep. Um, and Barney's John. Uh, obviously because of the Yoko Ono reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I think I th- I actually think uh, Apu is Ringo and uh, Skinner is George. So my thought... Because Skinner's the only one who you see playing an instrument. Yeah. My thought well, is Homer that... Well, Homer plays Hulk, piano, but, I mean, when do you we never, ever see he him... Do, he, never plays, he never plays piano or anything like that during the recording sessions or anything. He just does it to write. Mm-hmm. My thought is uh, Homer's Paul, uh, Skinner is George, but I think that with the way uh, Barney joins the band, that he's Ringo. Yes, it is. Because he, he replaces Paul Best, yeah. a.k.a. In the Quarrymen. Pete Best, sorry. Yeah. Paul, Paul McCartney Best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wiggum, of course, is represented by, as the Pete Best of the group. Yeah. So, But then, of course, they merge the references with John Lennon. So, um, But I think, yeah, because uh, the forming, or sorry, the uh, uh, forming members, I guess we can assume, is Homer and either Skinner or Apu. Not really sure which one, but... Uh, which is why I think one of them is John and one of them is George. But that being said, I would or it may have been Skinner and Apu who formed. No, <laughs> how dare okay. you? Okay, no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting to think about. That's a fun game, right? Take a take a four person and say which beetle do they represent? Like the Ninja Turtles. Do you know which uh, Ninja Turtles each beetle represents, or vice versa? Yes. There's, there's a correct answer. He's about to sneeze. So no, nope, there it goes. Oh, God, that was gross. Uh. <laughs> Riveting podcasting right here. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a sick, sick man right God now. damn it, Greg. Yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, continuing on with the plot. So, they get more and more famous. They've replaced a member with Barney who found his toothpick on the bathroom floor. And Apu is forced to leave his heritage behind. <laughs> By becoming... But okay. <laughs> Apu de Beaumarchais. Yes. Yeah. Never fit on my key, love. <laughs> but de Beaumarchais will. Of course. Apparently. 100%. This sounds better. <laughs> and then they leave Wiggum just like at the side of a country road. 
<laughs> yeah, that's to funny. try and get rid of him, but no, they they can't quite. And by this point, do they even have a name yet? No, have they? No, no. they form yeah. it after uh, they Barney does his first performance with them. Oh, yeah. so so then let's talk about the auditions for the people oh, yeah. to replace Wiggum. So we got uh, Grandpa for some reason. Um, <laughs> seeing old McDonald, seeing old McDonald and had a, a chick, the sweetest chick I know, with a wiggle wiggle here and a wiggle wiggle there. Next, that's then weird man. Groundskeeper we, Willie, Doon Toon, then uh, Jasper, singing theme, theme from, from a, a summer, summer place. place, an instrumental song. Always <laughs> funny when that happens. Uh, and then uh, Doctor Doolittle. Is that it? Is that he's saying theme? Yeah, yeah. From, from a, a summer, summer place, place, from a summer place, it's a theme. That's what from he, a summer place. That's what he's singing. Themes. Yes, <laughs> I never knew that. Really? That's so <laughs> funny. Oh my god! What did you think he was singing? Way to go, Simpsons writers! You've made Greg laugh. <laughs> yes, that's so funny. Oh my god, that's great. Okay, favorite joke time. Uh, that's that mine. <laughs> that's my favorite joke now. Because it's brand new. I never knew that that was a thing. Holy shit, my heart is full. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. What? It, it is. I, I know. We're, we're happy about your joy. It's so funny. It's so rare. Yeah. It's true. It's so funny. It's good to see you smile again. Oh, my um, God. And uh, then Wiggum does uh, Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> yeah. This bird's going to fly. <laughs> right out the window. Oh, That's a great, like, two-frame joke. I love that. Yeah. I love a good jumping out the window <laughs> gag. The this PGA one, has not disbanded. <laughs> this, yeah. one, this one kind of has two. Yeah, except it's in an ocean. Yeah, and this this enormous woman will devour us all. Speaking of, that's my favorite joke. That's your favorite joke? I yeah. love it. <laughs> this enormous woman will devour us all. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so they gain in popularity. We get a lot of cool gags. Um, and then they get a name. Oh, yeah. So B-Sharps. B-Sharps. Which... So, Greg, can you explain to us why this is clever? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Bring um, them. So B sharps, uh, the way they spell it is B B E B E, as in like B sharp, right? Yeah, you sharp about it. So we okay, are be, that, we are being sharp. Yeah, yeah, we're being like sharp. Sharp dressed. Yeah. Like, um, so currently we're at a single entendre. So, that, so that's one. Um, another is uh, the way that they write it on their albums, which is a reference to the Beatles. Um, Double cause entendre because the, the Beatles did the, the did that as well with B E A T, right? As in beat. beat. Beatles, right? Um, I like the insect. Yeah. And, um, of course, there's my favorite one, is that B sharp is not a note. <laughs> Triple entendre there. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, there's no such thing as a B sharp? No. Is there a B flat? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. B sharp is C. I don't know enough about like, theory, music theory. B sharp is a C. Or would be C. So I actually yeah. had no idea there was no such thing as a B sharp. That's right. Until right now. So. Yeah. That's, that's why I find it. Super clever. I just thought, uh, you know, double entendre because B sharp is in, you know, go B sharp, you, but also like a note. But it's a note that doesn't exist. So that's it's, weird. Yeah, it's a note. Uh, that, it's that's a, why it's clever. <laughs> yeah, it's a note that absolutely doesn't exist, which is funny. Great. And it's funnier. It's less funny every time you hear it. It's true. Yeah. Just like the Beatles. Yeah. Which is funny because I didn't realize the Beatles was that. No, I spelled Beatles that way for a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, like the insect. Like the insect. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, that's how you spell Beatles, right? Yeah. 
Because like, English is a stupid language. And then, like, I'd get a note on my paper, like, see me after class. Yeah. It's sad. Sad time. Sad, Alan. Great joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the B-sharp, so that's why it's funnier less and less. There you go. Good name. So when you're trying to find a B-sharp, you're really looking for a C. Yeah. And then we have Act Break. Oh, and yeah. commercials. Yeah, commercials. So let's talk about the commercials that we watched. <laughs> uh, I really like uh, Visa commercials that are narrated by Morgan Freeman during the Olympics. Oh. Those are nice. They're soothing. Visa. But when you need to crawl through a mile of shit <laughs> and come out clean <laughs> the other come side. Come out clean on the other side. That's the third expletive. Really, really reaching for that E Fuck on you. iTunes. Andy, Duf- Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. This is uncensored, damn it. Always don't try has and stifle been. us. Always has been, always will be. We don't even edit Justin this shit. Justin Trudeau. Um, happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day. <laughs> uh, so Wiggum uh, is mad. He wants to get back in, but it doesn't happen. And then it kind of that kind of falls by the wayside, that story. Uh, okay, yeah. that, that was act one. Yeah. Let's get, get to the second act. So they're on their way back from the swap meet. <laughs> And the car suddenly breaks down. <laughs> and we have a great shot of Marge walking into the distance with a I tire. just love the way it's edited where it's like, you know, oh, I sold my spare tire or whatever, flat, dough, and then instant cut to Marge in the distance walking somewhere. With and a it, tire. With a tire. And at first you're like, what's happening? And then it like zooms out and they're all just sitting by the car like, oh, it'll be a while before your mom comes back with a tire. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I think it's like a... Uh, it's a brilliant way to have that joke. Because Great it's just like, Yeah, it's just like, that, that's the th- kind of thing Homer would do. Marge, go go walk to the gas station. I'll watch the kids. Yeah, I got to tell them my story. Yeah. Uh, Which is also a good plot device for more flashback. Exactly. And uh, so they get really big. They win a Grammy, right? They sure do. Oh, even before we get to the Grammy, this is where Homer's trying to write the next hit song. Oh, yeah. Uh, trying in Al Capone's some... vault. But, but it, wasn't it wasn't Geraldo's fault. No, that's, and then Marge brings along the baby on board <laughs> sign. People so people won't intentionally ram our car. Exactly. So Homer goes on for a instant inspiration. Instant inspiration. Baby on board. Something something. Bert, Bert Ward. Ward. Sing writes itself. Uh, becomes a hit. And uh, all around the country. And yeah, they play it for the president. Yep. And this enormous woman will devour us all. <laughs> and they win a Grammy for it in the category of best soul spoken word or barbershop album. <laughs> they beat Dixie's Midnight Runners. Haven't heard the last of them. <laughs> and that's the second one hit wonder are, that we hear of. Are Dixie's Midnight Runners barbershop? No. Okay. I don't know what we would call them. They're, they're a genre unto themselves. They're the ones who did Come On Eileen, right? That's, that's the one thing. Yes. That's their yeah. one hit. Yeah. That's definitely not barbershop. No. <laughs> Um, I do soul? love the Is shot. It spoken word. <laughs> it's not any of those. I do love the shot of like the the nominees for that category. <laughs> yeah. It's like the like Aretha Franklin esque woman, the and then like the, the guy with the pipe and a book. <laughs> I mean, like, what else are you going to do? Spoken word artist. Yeah. If he's smoking a pipe and reading a book at the <laughs> awards ceremony, is that also a dig at the Grammys for just being boring? Oh, I think so. I think. Well, I think it's a dig at the Grammys for just like the ridiculousness well, of some of their categories. Now all we needed was the approval of industry of record industry low lives, <laughs> and they immediately jump cut to the Grammys. Yeah. Which is which starts off one of my favorite running jokes in With the how Simpsons. shitty the Grammys are. Yeah, and they're right. Yeah, like every time. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, and just the idea. I think like the category 
is another dig at the Grammys in the sense uh-huh. that like there's just so many like silly well the thing is amalgamations that's not even of a, categories. That's not even a crazy category at the Grammys. Like no, that's no. a thing that would actually happen. Yeah, and it's so dumb. <laughs> Have you ever watched the Grammys? Like maybe no. once when I was a kid. Exactly. But, like, never They're again. so I don't stupid. Care. Yeah. Oh my god. They're the worst. Uh, one of like it's a it's a later season joke, but I think it's really really funny. Um, when Homer bashes the Grammys and then a little crawl happens at the bottom of the screen, it's like Mr. Simpson's views of, of the Grammys do not reflect those of uh, the Fox Corporation or the <laughs> writers of the show who don't consider the Grammys an award at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that the only time Family Guy esque actually, it does feel a little Family Guy esque, but it's it's Simpsons. Yeah, the only time I've like heard anyone care about the Grammys is when Justin Bieber didn't win Best New Artist. Do you remember that? No, was I that don't the give year a that shit. Arcade Fire won? No, it was uh uh I can't even remember her name, uh, unfortunately, but she's a great like violinist, I believe. Lindsay Sterling? Nope. Uh if I heard the name I'd recognize it, but um it's like Ezra Ezra Ez, Ez, Esperanza Spalding, that's what it is. Uh she won Best New Artist over Justin Bieber and the internet was in a fury. Incensed. Yes. They were incensed. They were like, How dare you? And then like a month later, no one cared. Because it's the Grammys. Obviously, it's the yeah. Grammys. He'll win his Teen Choice Award. It's fine. But, uh, yeah. So Homer has his Grammy. He tries to tip a busboy or a waiter with it. Not going to happen. And pay pay like, for a bottle wow, of champagne. With an award statue. Oh, it's a Grammy. Throws it. And <laughs> like, they just let, like, so many jokes in a row about how <laughs> shitty the Grammys are. Hey, don't throw your garbage down here. Hey, there is one good thing about the Grammys. What's that? The David pile Crosby. Of, oh. Well... David Crosby, yeah. But that pile of brownies. Oh, yes, ah. of course. And where we meet so, George Harrison. Yeah, let's go to, the, we'll go to the guest house right now. We yeah. got both of them. So David Crosby makes a small uh, little appearance after his appearance in Margin Chains. That's right. I'm guessing probably recorded at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I would imagine. Because um, this, like we said earlier, this episode was produced for season four. It's a holdover. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but then we meet George Harrison. Whoa. Which is the second Beatle get. Yeah. Uh, of three. Because fourth is dead. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's a pretty <laughs> big win. That's a pretty what? big deal. I'm sorry to break it to you this way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I know that the uh, a lot of the writers, uh, you know, pretty much everyone. I mean, who isn't a fan of the Beatles? But obviously, and especially in, uh, this, George this, Harrison, this uh, generation. You know, the, basically the people who are currently writing for The Simpsons, etc., are big fans of uh, the Beatles in general. But a yeah. lot of them are big fans of George Harrison specifically. Uh, I know that the. Uh, the fact that he was coming in to record was supposed to be kept secret to everyone because mm-hmm. they didn't want to like they wanted to be like a surprise. Yeah. And then apparently they were like in the writers' room. Matt Groening, not knowing that it was supposed to be a surprise, came in and was like, "Hey, guess who I just met? George Harrison." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, god damn it, Matt!" <laughs> That's like I've heard like several stories about Matt just being like that way <laughs> just an oblivious guy yeah who well, just I, got a, hangs, I got another good story for next episode when who, we get to it but, okay yeah who just hangs out in the writer's room sometimes <laughs> and that's the problem because he's only there like 15 percent of the time yep. not contributing anything he's done more work on recording commentaries than he has for the the run of the show <laughs> i think he'll be the first to admit that too yeah because he's recorded a commentary for every single episode so far that they've released on dvd that's like the least important thing you can do yeah but I love him. I've listened to everyone that I own. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Good. And he's a smart guy, so there you go. <laughs> but George Harrison, pretty cool. Uh, I like the joke that they have where it's, you know, Homer being, like, uh, charmingly oblivious. Yeah. Right? Where he's like, oh, what my nice God. Fella. And 
you know, you think, oh my God, it's George Harrison, but instead it's, oh my God, where did you get that brownie? Whole <laughs> plate of them over there. <laughs> just starts gorging himself. Such a Homer thing to yeah. do. I feel like like the Homer of nowadays wouldn't do that. Like It would be George Harrison. Yeah, there's specifically episodes where celebrities cameo themselves. He's like, wow, Tony Hawk. Hello, I'm Tony Hawk. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's not funny. It's just like, oh, we got a guest star. Let's just point it out. That Tony Hawk episode stars Blink-182 as well. Uh, Boo. Yeah. Yeah. Boo. Two-thirds of Blink-182. No, it was all three at the time. Yeah, but I'm talking about now. Oh, right. Yeah. Because of... Uh, He's gone. Matt Skiba. Get out of there. Of the Alkaline Trio is singing for them now. That's right. Have you listened to the new album? Mark or Tom? Tom. Tom's gone. Okay. Yeah. Have you listened to the new album? Uh, it's out today. Is it out today? Yeah. That's a weird time for it to be out on a Friday. It's the 182nd day of the year. Shut up. It's, it is. Is it actually? Yeah. That's so dumb. <laughs> That's why they released it today. I hate it. I hate it so much. But yeah, I will be listening to it. I'm gonna, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I've I mean, not listened to it. I've, I've listened to three of the songs, and so far... You're like the only Blink-182 fan I know in my life. That's so. not a surprise. <laughs> Also, compared to the new uh, Sum 41, just uh, let us know how it is. I don't listen to Sum 41. Get on it. Did they release do a comparative analysis. Did they release that album on February 10th? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) It's a quick math. Good math. That was nice. That was good. That was was very, congratulations. You could do basic math. Uh, Way to add stuff to 31. Uh, okay. That's what my father doesn't say. So, uh, <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> speaking uh, of family relations, um, w- one of the just really quick sight gags in here that I really like that is from the uh, Homer at the hotel room scene is him just staring off in the distance at the happy family bourbon. Yeah. Oh billboard. yeah. That is that is beautiful. One of the things that inspires him to give up life on the road is happy family bourbon. Uh, and unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up this um, the the talking of, of this particular episode if we want to get into the second one. Sure. I, uh, I don't know if we'll <clears throat> even have enough oh, time. Oh, we'll have enough time. Uh, <laughs> so the, uh, the, the episode ends with them playing the, their hit single, Baby on Board, on the roof of Moe's Tavern now, um, just like the Beatles did. For the get back sessions, so is that it doesn't was? say Moe's Tavern, right? It just says Moe's. Yeah, just, right? it's yeah, okay. just Moe's. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so they they all wearing the same clothes as the Beatles. Yeah, it's all very clearly an homage. Yeah, and uh, George Harrison even drives by and says it's been done. Yeah, if, in case you didn't get it, in case you didn't get it. There's a human fly just trying he to get di- your attention. He died his own underwear all night, dying his own underwear. Yeah, and uh, Homer hopes they pass the audition. Yes, which is also a Beatles reference. Because it's the final line that's on Get Back, which is right at the end of Let It Be, which is the last album, question mark? Question mark? There might be another one. (laughs) Who knows? What? (laughs) They're getting back together, man. No. All four of them. (laughs) It's going to be a terrifying act. Yeah. John Lennon is passed out on the couch. Oh, God. Um... No, 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 I mean, whether you want to count Abbey Road or Let It Be as the last album is more what I was oh, referring to. Okay. I count Let It Be as the last one. Mm-hmm. But it was an ad lib in the uh, recording studio. Oh, really? By uh, awesome. John Lennon. Yeah. 
and then that's why like that's, everyone it's, laughs. Or, or, it's it's cute. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's, it's like it's cute. a fun little like. Yeah, especially like, coming, look how look how popular we are. Yeah. Like, let's make a joke about it. It's especially coming from the guy who is not the funny one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, one, one more thing that I just wanted to point out is how Bart and Lisa point out all the plot holes at the end of yeah. Homer's story. Yeah. Just with all those questions about, you know, how come they never heard about this until today? How come? What happened to all the money? Why hasn't Homer hung up his gold records? Since, Since when, when can, can you write, write, a song? write a song? Uh, kids, kids, it's all great questions for another time. Now it's off to bed. Yeah. But um, bum, bum. Uh, well, so Al and I have uh, already said our favorite joke. What's yours? You know, it, it's weird. I, I wasn't really thinking about it. It's it's a very small one near the end, but Homer coming back to the power plant and him being replaced by a chicken for the past like six months or whatever. Five weeks. Queenie. Five, five weeks? Yeah. Five yeah. and a half weeks. Queenie. Uh, yes. Queenie the chicken. And Homer gave her a good home. And his belly. And his belly. Just, uh, just such, such a simple joke, but I mean, the thought of replacing Homer with a chicken almost isn't like putting. I, I, I wouldn't pass, put it past the Springfield nuclear plant. Oh it's, no! It's they, well, I mean, later like, on they replace him with a brick on a rope. <laughs> yeah, a brick on a rope. That's and true. his dog, like a little, and a bloodhound is is monitoring the station while he's asleep. Good boy. Yeah. Yep. Right. Also, Stewart the duck has worked there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Troy. Zutroy and uh, the uh, executive vice president dog. <laughs> yes. Homer's enemy. <laughs> yes, I yeah. know. Uh, so we move on very quickly to Cape Fear. <laughs> so this episode has an extremely concise uh, <laughs> synopsis, also not from TV Guide, because the Simpsons archive doesn't have its shit together. Uh, and apparently neither do I. Uh, yeah. Um, Sideshow Bob, Kelsey Grammer, is paroled from prison, and he has only one thing in mind for Bart. Revenge. Ooh, revenge. That's it. That's the whole thing. Great. Yeah, that's it. So uh, we open with Up Late with McBain. Up Late with McBain. Okay, First off, which, uh, which reality are we in, in Up Late with McBain? I honestly can't tell. Uh, well, they just, I think they just call him McBain, but it's obviously Rainbow. Well, here's the thing. Here's my thought. So, Bart and Lisa are watching this, right? Yes. It's not late. It's not late. We presume it's actually afternoon. Good. Right? So, my thought is that it's not an actual late night show, that it's some, like, late night show within a McBain movie. Like, maybe it's the beginning of, like, McBain 7 or something. I can't remember which one we're, which one they've they've already shown. But you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, yeah. McBain's moved on. Like, he, he doesn't fight uh, Mendoza anymore. And he's, now Scoey's alive Scoey, again. And he's Scoey's his band leader. <laughs> it could be before that, that that movie, too. But you know what I mean? Like It could be McBain 5. Could be, yeah. So it's like that. And then, like, you know, he's trying to, to make a life by being a late night show host for some reason. Um, but then something drags him back into the world of, of murder and mayhem. I, I like that. I like that, I like that. That's funny. And so that makes sense why Scoey is uh, named twice as his black friend. And yeah. then <laughs> what, what is Obergruben Fuhrer uh, Wolf Castle doing there? Uh, that's a, maybe that's the, McBain? that's what ends up being the, uh, like the mole within the organization, like he's he is wearing a swastika. On yeah, his I mean left he's arm. pretty. Well, he's in full regalia. Yeah, there he's, he's ready for the Fuhrer. He's not even trying to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> he 
Anyway, yeah, that's just my thought because it's not if it was shown at late late night. I mean, you could argue that it's a repeat because sometimes they show late night shows during the afternoon. But I like the idea that it's not actually a late night show. It's... I love that the kids call it out for being horrible. Yeah, this is horrible. Maybe you all homosexuals <laughs> because it's eight, up late. Sunk to a new low. The thing is, it's up late with McBain, not up late with Rainier Wolfcastle. Precisely. Right? Anyway, and this is just the intro bit. <laughs> this is like 40 seconds, not even. And then we then jump into an itchy and scratchy episode with like... All... No, 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 no. That's a bit I'll, later. That's he, a gets, bit. he gets the first He gets letter the letter first. first. Yeah. Oh, he gets right. The, he gets yeah. the letter that says, I'm going to kill you. And Lisa gets her, Lisa letter, gets her letter from Admiral Krull. Yeah, uh, General Krull. Sorry. Sincerely, the, little girl. The benevolent <laughs> why, why General does, Krull. Why does he sign that? Sincerely, why, little why girl. Why does he take the time to finish <laughs> the letter? And how does Lisa's like inner monologue change? Is it like very clearly different handwriting, or is it like? I think it is. I mean, is it's, it typed suddenly? <laughs> yeah, it's obviously like from the desk of General Krull. Yeah, I am very sad. Our president has been thrown over and replaced. replaced. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> it's a gr- I love I love those jokes though, where it's like when someone's reading something and like you t- like somehow by reading it you know who's now writing it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, standard trope. Yeah, or like Monty Python with the you know the monster of ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's like uh, that's like in the episode. Uh, in, sorry, not episode. The movie in uh, Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. where yeah. the where the, like the dwarf. The, the, the they're coming. Text. They're coming. They're. Uh, <laughs> why would you bother you, to write out why, your screams? Why would you bother to write that? We cannot get just out. Say we it. cannot get out. <laughs> just you, maybe you could fight. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. But yeah, Bart gets his letter from Sideshow Bob. At this point, as an audience, we don't know it's Sideshow Bob. And um, can I just say the whole idea of this being a Sideshow Bob episode is a is wonderful mm-hmm. um, because we haven't seen him for a whole year. Right, and the effect of this episode, just leading into this episode by us watching season four, like season three, season four, without seeing Sideshow Bob since Black Widower, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. adds so much to the effect of him appearing again. Yep. Right, watching these episodes in sequence and having him not be around for over twenty of them is so awesome. Yep. Now he's going to be in. Every season up until season eight. Uh, yeah, he's in Sideshow Bob Roberts next, right? Yeah. Season six. And then Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming. And then Brother from a, Another Planet. Another uh, series. Another series. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different episode. And that's season eight. And that's like... And I, we see Cecil. Yeah, that's when I think you should have retired the character. Agreed. Buddy comes back. Yeah. Several, several times. Let's several not talk times. about those Let's occasions. Let's not talk about yeah. it. There's an Italian one. Um, yeah. No. That's the one <laughs> you want no the Italian Emmy one. <laughs> He won his Emmy for that one. Uh, you know, he should have won him. it for this. Yep. Yeah. Should have won it for any of the other ones. Any of the other ones. But uh, Sideshow Bob, he's actually a really good villain because he's a villain with a purpose mm-hmm. and, and a very specific directed idea of what he wants to do. And He's a Hannibal th- Lecter type. Yes. And where he's like, he's brilliant, but he's also insane. He's legitimately terrifying to a very specific subset of people. Um, there was actually a pretty good uh, episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour couple of weeks back that talked about how a lot of uh, movies these days have villains that don't really have a purpose and you can't really be terrified of them for that particular reason. But no, Bob wants to get revenge 
we clearly see that. So, yeah. It's, kill you, scum. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it, it's it's really important, especially when you're going to have a recurring villain, to have that villain um, every time he shows up have a very strong objective because every time Sideshow Bob shows up in an episode, it is, you know what he wants, except for a brother from another series because that's the point, is not knowing whether he's rehabilitated or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, And therefore, that makes that episode even better. Uh, But like in this episode, he wants revenge on Bart. In uh, Sideshow Bob Roberts, uh, he he still wants revenge on Bart, but it's he's going about it in a very different way, which I think is absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sideshow Bob's last gleaming, he wants to get rid of television and take revenge, uh, more or less, on more Krusty, on Krusty yeah. um, which is which is really great. Uh, but the whole idea of like just wanting to get rid of television is kind of like a Bond villain type thing, and it's it works for him. Uh, and then in the next one, he wants to be a normal. He wants to get back to yeah. He wants to reality. He, yeah. he wants to, he, he's Oops, rehabilitated. He's okay, right? Which is why I find the ending of that episode such a Bummer. bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Like I think it was a bad idea. Just to put him back in prison. Yeah, just yeah. not a good not a good plan. Fighting over bunk beds. <laughs> I'm the yeah. oldest. Yeah, like that's funny, oldest. but I don't think it was worth it. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, um, but this episode, what do we think of Cape Fear? Uh, this is my second favorite episode of all time. Yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> Great up. Uh, I don't play favorites when it comes to episodes, but this has oh, look probably you. my favorite <laughs> joke of the entire series. Lovey duh, Mr. Frenchman. I know exactly what joke you're talking about, and we will get to it. Uh, even if we have to skip most of what the episode is about, we will get to that joke. Um, because... I think it's so important in the history of this episode, in the history of comedy, and in the history of our lives as human beings, I find myself referencing this joke over and over and over to get a point across, to, uh, to, to illustrate a concept to people, um, to explain... What humor is. I think we're talking about two different jokes here. Are we? I think we are. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Okay. But we should get into your joke. Should in we? In a bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let me just ask one question first. Yeah. Doesn't the prison, like, monitor the outgoing mail? It's illegal to open mail. But it's, like, covered in blood. I'm pretty sure it's... But it's dried. I don't know. It's dried blood. It looks pretty fresh. Is that your big... Nitpick with this. Also, how does Bob? Get, also, how does Bob get cornholders <laughs> into prison? <laughs> I mean, like well, he doesn't yet. He's corrupt that's why he's an extremist, right? So I'm pretty sure he could just. We don't see him get them. We just see him put it on his to do list. He wants them. Yeah, he wants cornholders. I don't know why. Uh, Hold his corn. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So the whole point is, Bob gets paroled, and he wants revenge on Bart for putting yep. him in this urine, dank, urine-soaked hellhole. <laughs> Uh, can you change that to pee-pee-soaked heckhole? Cheerfully withdrawn. Uh, <laughs> Such a good joke. That whole, that whole sequence is great with uh, like the parole board yeah. and you know, uh, D-Bart, D. Uh, D-Bart. D-Bart, D. Oh, uh, no one who speaks German can be an evil man. Uh, apparently, that is utter nonsense in German. Oh, what? V-Bart, V. <laughs> Recurring theme, I'm guessing. Like, uh, 
like yeah, according to people who speak German, uh, Sideshow Bob's German is very bad. Oh yeah, that's uh, not surprising. Because <laughs> Vivart V is is like their words in German, but it's absolutely absolute Greg, nonsense. It's not actually German. No, I know that. I know, but like, but it, I think that's funny. You're saying like, ah, oh, Sideshow Bob's German is terrible. It's no, like, I, no, the people who are fuck off. <laughs> so dare um, is what, what kind of word is that? Male, feminine. In German, what? In, in, in I don't speak German. Burns, he's trying to there. refer to oh that something thing that we've already right. done. We talked about that. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. I didn't retain any of it. <laughs> Shut up, Ezra. D- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, D Dur and Das are the three things. I don't remember which one goes with wit. Anyway. Das goes with boot. Up, oh, all right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bart gets threatened uh, se- several times, or mistakenly threatened by. His mom by Flanders with a topiary. Yep. By the radio with the message, I am coming Wipe to kill out. you slowly and painfully. <laughs> Wipe out. Oh, I, lo- <laughs> I love that change in tone. Just from the darkest to the brightest. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Edna Krabappel as well. You're going to be my murder victim, Bart. In our school production of Lizzie Borden, starring Martin Prince as Lizzie. 40 wax with a wet noodle, Bart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why would they do that as a school play? <laughs> don't, don't question it. It's a cartoon. Yeah. This <laughs> thing where a bunch of stupid shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, eventually, obviously, he figures out it's Sideshow Bob because they meet him in the movie theater. Uh, they're seeing Ernest goes to the library. Is that Ernest right? goes somewhere cheap. Oh, right. <laughs> but it is the library where they are. The public the library. The public library. Correct. Where uh, Homer's smoking a Knoxville World's Fair World cigar. <laughs> Knoxville, Knoxville, Knoxville. Um, obviously, a direct reference to Cape Fear, which most of this episode is. We didn't mention that, but if you didn't pick up on that now, you're crazy. Or you just don't know what the movie is. It's actually two movies. Um, but this one's referencing specifically the 91 one, right? The uh, this, uh, Scorsese one? Yeah, this, this, this episode references De Niro, Nick Nolte, Scorsese, uh, was it 91 or is that 1991? Okay. Yeah. Um, so here's all the references oh to boy. the 1991 remake. Let's rattle them off. Yeah. Let's rattle them off real quick. Cause Just they make rapid. lots of direct references. Uh, Marge being told that, uh, Sideshow Bob has not broken any laws by chief Wiggum, uh, <laughs> is a reference, uh, references to, um, Sideshow Bob's tattoos. Uh, the shot of him leaving the prison gate, the scene with him smoking in the movie theater is almost verbatim the the scene, except Homer is Nick Nolte in this situation, and Nick Nolte isn't smoking. It ends very, very differently. Um, this, the the part of, parts of his workout scene, <laughs> except for a turn and flex and shifted bouts, um, hiding under the Simpsons family car. Uh, also an old lady's car. I'll get back to that. Yeah, Wiggum ri- uh, rigging wire around the house to a toy doll as an alarm. Uh, a crusty yeah. doll. My- yeah, someone Revenge. someone does that yeah. in the Cape Fear. Uh, suggestion that Homer can do anything to someone who enters their home. Uh, Bob nice strapped under a car pulling up beside Bart for a conversation. Um, Down here, Bart. Yeah, Robert De Niro does that to Juliet Lewis. And uh, Homer's hiring up a private investigator who attempts to persuade Bob to leave town. Those are all the direct By references. By being his friend. By being his friend. Come on, leave town. Yeah. 
And of course, you know what? Since we're at the reference desk anyway, I'm just going to go through these um, elements of uh, Psycho, the Bates Motel, mm-hmm. um, surpri- uh, Homer surprising Bart with the new hockey mask. We're called the film Friday the 13th, part three. Um, the tattoos. Specifically part three? Yeah, p- specifically part three. Because, right. well, Jason doesn't come in until part two. Right. right. He's using a he's Does using he not a use machete. a chainsaw until part three? Yeah, he's gotcha. using a machete in part two. Um, uh, Sideshow Bob's tattoos, Robert Mitchum's character in The Night of the Hunter, um, with love and hate mm-hmm. on his hands. And Mitchum also played uh, Max Cady in the original That's Cape right. Fear. Um, the Three Little Maids from School from the Mikado. <laughs> By Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh, and the when are they referenced in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Bart's, uh, Homer and Bart's hats, this says they allude to I Love Lucy, but they actually allude to Cape Fear as well because that's the kind of hat that Nick Nol- Nolte wears, and he's the man of the family, so they put one on <laughs> Homer and one on Bart. WLP or whatever? <laughs> or WRP? No, no, no. No, we're talking about the fedoras. The fedoras, the fedoras oh, gotcha, which, yeah, which yeah. change into the baseball cap gotcha. later. Homer um, also changes his shirt. Yes. En route yeah. from like the button-up to the witness, witness relocation, relocation program, program. Yeah. shirt. Uh, he's wearing exactly what Nick Nolte wears when they go, on the, when they go to the houseboat. Um, and the uh, scene with the finger razors, Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously. Um, and uh, Flanders using the uh, razors to cut the hedge. Edward Scissorhands. It's a topiary, not a hedge. Sorry, the topiary. Oh, the angel you. with a harp, <laughs> yeah. which we never see again. No, yeah. it's not needed. And, of course, the entire score of the HMS Pinafore. <laughs> and a two, and a three, and a... Abridged. Also, <laughs> one, one, one other thing that I just picked up this time viewing it was uh, Sideshow Bob's prisoner number here is A113, which is apparently referenced in a whole slew of things. Just look it up on Wikipedia. I'm not going to go through this gigantic list, which includes the episode Flatline from New Doctor Who, the ninth <laughs> episode of the eighth series, which carries Boo. the head code A113. Hey, Boo. it's also in Wally and pretty much all the Pixar movies, along with it's one of those uh, like Pizza industry, Planet. The like, Pizza Planet truck. Right. What about the... Um, oh, did we talk about the... Never mind. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about your joke. Okay. The is elephants. It, is it the elephants? It is the elephants. Not the elephants. Should we, should we talk about the rakes first? Which Let's is talk about I, the rakes first. Okay. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it, it's been covered quite a bit, but yeah. may as well get back to it. Yeah. Favorite joke. Favorite joke. 100% my favorite joke. It might be my favorite joke in the entire series. It's, yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah. It's, it's right up there with anything Scorpio says for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's how good it is. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, Okay. That, that's a really good good way to separate it because The Simpsons is... Uh, you can really separate everything into two categories of jokes. What is said and visual, mm-hmm. right? And this is definitely... This, this episode has two of the greatest visual jokes in the entire history of The Simpsons. And one of them is the rakes and the other one is the elephants. Yes. Um, I like the rakes a little bit more because it is uh, out of nowhere and it is so absurd... Uh, and the rakes kind of preps you for the elephants. Yeah. Right? That's fair. Um, now, Sideshow Bob gets hit in the face by rakes nine times. Ten, if you can count the one later. On the boat. Yeah. Ten. Ten yeah. in the episode, nine in sequence. Yeah, nine in the sequence, and then there's the one callback one, yeah. which is 
just the perfect button. It's a little little uh, cherry on top. Yeah. So and this uh, this joke was born by the episode running short. And Al Jean. And Al Jean. Saying, throw more rakes Throw more rakes. Uh, Kelsey Grammer recorded one groan. Yep. And because he only expected to be hit by one rake. <laughs> yeah. So when he saw the episode, he was surprised that <laughs> 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 they reused it nine times. Um, but yeah, so the idea was to uh, continue making the rakes happen so that it's funny. Because like hit, getting hit by one rake, oh, that's a little chuckle. And then it happens a couple more times, and it's really funny. Yeah. Happens a couple more times after that, and it's, it's not, not really funny anymore. funny anymore. You're like, okay, this is dragging on a bit. But then it goes far enough, yep. continues far enough, that it becomes funny again. The writers have enough balls to follow through with it and go, 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 until you can't help but collapse again <laughs> into laughter. It's the cyclical nature of humor. And this is, it's an entire, it's an enti- the thing is, it's an entire, like, philosophy of joke telling yeah. on display right here. And this sequence, because I like talking about humor and what makes humor so much in my day-to-day life, I just, it's such a great shorthand now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want to know what I'm talking about, I just say, Think Sideshow Bob getting hit by rakes. Oh, okay. Yep. Understood. Yeah. And now you know what I'm talking about. You know the cyclical nature of it, right? Yep. You know how the, how the humor comes back. And you also know what an incredible balancing act that that scene is, right? When Al Jean says, just throw in him getting hit with rakes more, there's the, you got to get the right amount of rakes, right? <laughs> yes. Like, it's... Can confirm. It's, it's, almost, like, it's almost scientific to how many times it's funny. Now, what I do want to reference is, I don't remember exactly when it happens, but there's a later episode with Sideshow Bob where he mentions rakes. He gets hit in the face with a rake again. Does he? Yeah. And he says, and he like, says, my mortal enemy Rakes, my, my old arch nemesis. And Not funny. Bart says, I thought I, was, I thought I was your arch nemesis. I have a life outside of you, Bart. Kind of the same way that Bart has an arch nemesis outside Sideshow Bob, which is Dr. Demento. That's right. That's right. What, what, do you remember what episode that's from? Uh, I think that's the one where he gets out of prison again and he hypnotizes Bart. And tries to make him blow up Krusty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's the reason I bring it up is I, don't, I didn't find that funny because it's a callback to a specific type of joke that doesn't need to be called back, if that makes sense. No, it works better if it's contained to the episode. And, and that's the problem with uh, some of Family Guy trying to use the rake humor in their show. Um Specifically, the chicken. If you oh, recall the chicken? Yeah, I recall the chicken. Yeah. So yeah. when I first saw that, the first time the chicken comes in, I saw that, and I thought it was really funny. I did, too. Um, I was sold on the chicken. Yeah. I thought that was really great. Anytime they brought him back since, it's diminishing returns. Yeah. And it's not the rake uh, humor where it's like, you bring him back enough and it'll be funny again, because it's drawn out amongst seasons. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the reason why the rake one works is because it's all in one compact sequence. Yeah. And having the little, like you said, the little button within the episode still yeah. of one more rake, perfect. Yeah. But having him mention rakes again in the five seasons later, not funny. No. It's the it's the law of diminishing returns. You're absolutely yeah. right. Uh, so. And ten hits in the face with a rake. <laughs> the one immediately after that is it's an also exponentially... The sound. It's the, yeah. the sound and the <laughs> fact... I think that if they had told Kelsey Grammer you're getting hit 
nine times and yet made a different sound each time, not as funny. No. The fact that it's the exact same sound every time, it's so funny. And the fact that they reuse the animation, (laughs) I think, is really funny. (laughs) They give it a couple of different shots. So you've got the wide shot and you've also got the close-up there. Yeah. And and they go between the two, Mm -hmm. letting each of them breathe. Yeah. And just that's a great way yeah. to describe it. Yeah. They do. They really do let each of them breathe, and it's uh, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> it's so absurd. Why are all these rakes there? Yeah. Don't question it. They just are there. <laughs> no, but that's why it's funny. <laughs> so we're running. We're rapidly running out of time here. We've so always been. Doing let's that. Uh, let's talk about your joke. Okay. Uh, so this is one of my favorite jokes of the series. It, it's kind of in the same vein as uh, when Homer and Bart are just watching. Um, TV in Bart After Dark, and you just hear the announcer say, live from the grand ballroom of the Habsburg Imperial Palace, it's the World Series of Bumper Cars. <laughs> There's just so many layers and so much to deconstruct in that. And it, it's the kind of joke that lets you laugh over and over again, well past the time that you've actually heard it. And that's a complete throwaway line. So essentially what happens in this scene is we've got the drive-by kind of like Cape Fear, uh, and Bob is strapped to the bottom of an old lady's car <laughs> as they approach Bart. And so you've Down got here, the, the, the shot of the old lady, and you just hear, hello, Bart. <laughs> and Bart screams. Then yeah. pa- the, the camera physically pans down so you can see Bob, who detaches himself. It's like the old old lady is like just smiling. Exactly. She doesn't know what's happening. She's very pleasant. (laughs) So he falls. You hear a first thud on the ground. And as this woman just pulls away, you, the the muffler hits him right in the face. So we've already got a start to the escalation of the violence here, which is great, which prepares us for what happens next, which is essentially um, Sideshow Bob saying, Surely there's no harm in laying in the middle of a public street. <laughs> exactly. You get this parade coming out and he, of, of nowhere. nowhere. You and you didn't hear it before. Yeah. And then like his look too, where he's just like, oh shit. <laughs> Pretty much. Expressing it without a single word. You just have a complete dead-eyed, oblivious marching band. How does a marching band <laughs> miss every how does every single Everyone, member of that marching band they still miss keep perfect him? formation as well? Perfect formation. It's beautiful. <laughs> they go right over Triple. Bob, crushing him. And then you hear, oh no, not, not the, the elephants. elephants. No. And you get a series of six elephants <laughs> in sequence crushing Bob's face. Now, Except what's great is that you don't see him getting crushed at first, right? No, so exactly. you just see the elephants, and so it's just your imagination. You're and just you like, ah, him. cartoons. Am you I hear right? him being like, Yeah, he's ah. like, ah, I'm being crushed. It, it <laughs> uses the, um, what's his last name? Chuck? Lori. No, not Chuck Lori. <laughs> but the guy who did all of like the Bugs Bunny cartoons back in the day. Oh. Yeah, Chuck yeah, Jones. Yeah. Chuck Jones. There we go. And so it, it uses kind of that exact same framing where you hear the violence and you see what's doing it, but you don't actually see the outcome until the very final <laughs> scene with the final elven crushing, crushing Bob. His skull. Crushing his skull. And his eye just pops out <laughs> in the most cartoonish way, something that almost never happens. Oh, yeah. It's on one of the, the rare... I, I think that... 
uh, what's great about Sideshow Bob in general is that he's kind of he kind of exists outside the Simpsons universe in a sense in terms of uh, you know Literally they, they're always physically. like yeah like they're always like you know. Uh, it's a cartoon, but we try to make it as realistic as possible. So, like, when Homer falls down the gorge, he actually hurts himself, you know, stuff like that. It kind of goes out the window with Bob. With Bob, it's just like, nope, whatever is funny is going to happen. He's and that, kind is, of, that is also given to the fact that he has cartoon character powers. Yeah, well, In he's the like, very end he, of this episode, he's when he's singing villain. the HMS Pinafore, yeah. how it gets bigger and bigger and Things bigger. Things transform yeah. and, and the, random people there's hand a him flowers. The flag, there's a playbill yeah. that yeah. randomly comes The flag in. comes out of nowhere and then it instantly disappears. Uh, he He's in this huge, wonderful British uh, mm-hmm. cavalryman naval, yeah. uh, naval he, attire. He suddenly switches from a machete to a saber. To a saber, yeah, yeah absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah, and he's well, got, the writers have said he's like Wiley e. Coyote. He very much is. Yeah. That's actually the thought that I had exactly when uh, just lo- looking at Bob finally being crushed. Because, they, yeah. I mean, Wiley e. Coyote, kind of you, you see the end yeah. of the violence. You see him as like a spring or as a flat, crushed. It's the idea know, that he cube? like he keeps messing up or like keeps losing, but he never gives up. He's like, I'm gonna get Bart one day. Yeah. I don't care how many times I lose, I'm never gonna give up. Yeah. Um, and it works really well. Uh, <laughs> so so th- th- there's still a couple of other things I really like about this scene. So you you actually get acclimatized to the violence throughout the entire thing, and it, 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 which I find pretty interesting because if you just had the marching band pass by or just the elephants walk by you'd probably find that a bit horrific and if it was any other character other than bob like let's say it was lisa who was lying in the middle of a public street (laughs) yeah there's no way it would work it would it would just be depressing yeah but with bob again he's this villain we have a revenge fantasy against him yeah i mean bart should too but bart weirdly enough doesn't take a single action he doesn't move Throughout this entire scene, which I actually find to be... Well, that's the thing. They actually, they had a Halloween episode recently where Bart, or sorry, where, I guess where Bob kills Bart, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but I think the idea is that we we don't necessarily have a revenge fantasy against Bob, but we have like a, uh, it's not revenge, but it's just like, we, we want him to fail because we don't want Bart to actually take action. And like, like if Bart actually like started like killing Bob... Or anything like that, that you know, or like weird. taking yeah. violence against him, it'd be it'd be weird. Yeah, it'd be off putting. The idea is like the like the Road Runner, that the Road Runner just keeps running, just keeps running, does yeah. does what he does, and it's the wily Coyote's uh, like his own ineptitude, yeah, his own hubris that his own causes ambition. him to fail. Yeah, and that's what works with Bob as well. Is that it, you know, like like surely there's no harm in flying in the middle of a public street, but there is because there's a marching band coming and there's well, elephants. Well, I mean, that, that's the other thing. First off, we know the. He is a genius, so he should know specifically that there is harm in lying in the middle of a public street. Even his accent, the transatlantic accent, yeah. it implies that there's genius there. <laughs> but also, I mean, there's a misdirection. You'd expect, like, a car mm-hmm. or a van or a truck to come run him over. But the parade appearing out of nowhere... What? About Hannibal crossing the Alps. <laughs> Hannibal crossing the Alps. Okay, now, that, that, that's another thing that I want to get into here. Okay. So, first off, if you're going to have elephants, what are they celebrating? Probably Dumbo. Yes. <laughs> but choosing to go for a really esoteric historical reference from the Second Punic War is really weird. I yep. mean, and I didn't know and, who Hannibal was when I was a kid. Yeah. I thought he was talking about Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. <laughs> but also, 
who would be celebrating Hannibal <laughs> crossing the Alps, considering that Carthage was completely destroyed Terror Lake. In, in, in the Third Punic War? That doesn't mean Terror Lake celebrates Hannibal. Somewhere in the Midwestern U.S., <laughs> yes. for whatever That's reason, why they call celebrates Terror Lake. Carthaginian history? There, there is none. <laughs> there, there is none po- in the ADs, let's, let's face <laughs> it. Which, I don't know, I, I just find that to be really, really funny that th- there's... that. No one would be celebrating this. You're absolutely so right. The, the the joke is the the joke is crazy layered. <laughs> like it's, it's like a hot dish. Yeah, it is. It really it really is. It's, it's like, like a, a trifle. It's, yeah, it's like a seven layer trifle. Mm. Um, uh, it just keeps getting better and better the more the more you dig into it. The extremely short parade. The fact that they have an entire elephant dedicated to the word the. the. Yeah. <laughs> when you've got Terror Lake spelled out in. Its entirety. I mean, yeah. that's just gonna drive any layout artist yeah. mad yeah. that they would do that. They I mean, they just had the, they had a certain amount of elephants they needed to. <laughs> I mean, how does Terror Lake afford six elephants? <laughs> I mean, what do they do with the elephants? Again, their 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 economy is based on celebrating Hannibal. That's so, right. So they've so been donating elephants, elephants. Damn it! You, you would have to assume so. Yeah. Uh, so we do have to wrap this up. So, Which I'm disappointed by, but because yeah. I would like to t- keep on talking about this episode, we've barely covered it. We are also an hour and 25 minutes in, so we it's normal length for we, we are out of time, <laughs> unfortunately, um, because you have time limits, of course. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> on the podcast, not in real life, both. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know um, that you kept it to an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, we usually we do. Try to. Yeah, hour and a half or less. Um, so. One final thing I'll say is I've never enjoyed the end of this episode with them returning and Grandpa and Grandpa. Look what happened without yeah, my without pills. my pills. Uh, it's just that the the HMS Pinafore scene is so incredibly brilliant, and I know you have to end an episode with them coming back somehow, but I just think it would have. I don't know. I don't know how you would have ended it. Otherwise, it's just that joke always fell flat for me. Anyway. Uh, we all just said our favorite jokes, didn't we? Rakes. 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 Elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is excellent because these are two of the greatest jokes that have ever existed in the history of our ep- uh, of the episode. I'm sorry for cutting you off there. <laughs> I really am. Uh, we can talk more if, in yeah, real life. We can talk more in real life or when you come back on next time, we can uh, have you finish up most of your thoughts on this episode. If you keep your notes, we'll definitely do that. Sound good? They will be kept. All right, fantastic. And that will be another hour and a half. Yeah, so we'll... comment on our Facebook page, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Give uh, us five-star reviews on (laughs) iTunes. So if you guys want to uh, leave a comment, leave a question, if you want a guest or have a correction or omission, you can email us at thehammockdistrictonthird at gmail.com. Numerical three. And you can leave a comment on our Facebook page. We get all of those right to our phones. So Follow us on Twitter at Bad Neighbors Pod. Yeah, and we would really like to thank Ezra for coming back on. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Follow Woohoo Classic Simpsons Trivia at WoohooYYC, hashtag time for chili. And what's your next one? Our next one is going to be on July 23rd. Which is a Saturday. That's at Dickens Pub. Five o'clock. Doors open at four, and we'll be uh, watching a couple of episodes from season three. Fantastic. Oh boy! Fantastic. Going yeah. back in time a little bit. I like it. <laughs> We've got to shift around. Going back in time. Nice. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, just for the record, Cape Fear, one of the best episodes of, uh, of all time. And even though Rakes is my favorite joke, 
there's so many more. We didn't really touch HMS Pinafore, but we barely touched the the plot. Yeah, <laughs> we, it's true. But it's just it's such a good episode. We could we could dedicate a whole episode to that episode. Uh, yeah, that's how we work. Episode too many episodes <laughs> in one sentence. Too many uh, cooks. <laughs> too many cooks. Too many cooks. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll be back with some more episodes of season uh, season five. I almost said four. Uh, next time, and those episodes are. Do you know them offhand? Hold on. Do I know them offhand? Uh, yeah, Rosebud. Oh, yeah, that's right. Homer goes to college. And Homer goes to college. That's right. That's the one. All right, perfect. Thanks for listening, everybody, and keep watching the skis. Bake them away, toys. Bake them away, toys.